Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. How are you, Bob? I'm doing great, Frank. How are you? Attorney Bob Gillespie. Come on and back in, Mark Davis. Bob, we have just been polishing your halo. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, quite frankly, I, I usually uh, listen to both you and Mark on my way home in the evening, but this is a little early for me to be going home. <laughs> um, what, what, share your memories of 36 years ago. I mean, you have a whole different point of view. Uh, it was an incredible night and day, uh, Frank. Uh, Jim Zardecki gave me a call, and the first call I got was that there were three down in Jenkins Township. So I was actually heading to Jenkins Township uh, in my car when uh, Jim called me back again and said, uh, you've got to go to Schoolhouse Lane. And at that time, we didn't even know how many bodies there were at Schoolhouse Lane. Um, I can remember getting to, to Schoolhouse Lane and the scene inside is in, was incredible. I, I'll never forget uh, the sight of the children especially. I had two young children at the time, and it really uh, hit me emotionally. Uh, one of the things I remember most, uh, and it might have been one of you two or someone else, I uh, had a camera outside, and I was being interviewed outside, and John Lowe grabbed me and pulled me away and said, are you crazy? It's in the morning, the lights are on you, and this guy's out there with a rifle. You don't know whether he's coming back. Bob, it's Mark. And I remember that story. I remember, I remember somebody telling us. you that, saying, what were you doing? You're drawing attention to yourself, and he could still be in the area. And it, literally, we found out later, he did come back, uh, was a block away, and did see the television cameras. Wow. Wow. Bob, it's great to talk to you after all these years. Uh, Mark, nice talking to you, too. Unbelievable that it's been that long. But uh, as we were saying earlier, it just comes back so clearly when you start thinking about the events of that day. Well, you know, I've been thinking a lot as I listen to you and Frank about the way news was handled then as compared to the way news is handled today. Yeah, That's a, a little, whole different a little, show. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little different. And, uh, you know, it, it, it truly was... Uh, everyone was interested in trying to do what was right and trying to get out what was right. And uh, well, I, that, that, I certainly appreciate the fact that both you and Frank are back on the air. But, but, but that goes a lot to the relationships that you and your staff developed with the reporters that covered that beat. Yeah, I, I agree. There was a there was a respect there. We we knew that you would give us the information when it was right, and that if we harassed you, we would be the wrong ones. Exactly. It was a different time. It was a different way of doing the news, and 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 getting all the information we needed to know. We trusted you. You trusted us, and I don't think that trust exists today. Yeah, of course, I did lie to you later in that day. <laughs> we, we, we were yeah. just talking about that a few minutes ago, and. I think, though, it, goes, it does go back to the trust, because if you had made that request of the radio stations to do what they did, 
and they didn't trust you to know that it was such a serious situation, you wouldn't have gotten that request. Right, right. I, I can remember thinking, if you're doing it, then there must be a real sincere motive to save lives. Right, exactly. Well, and, and I can't say enough about the police officers who were with us that day. I mean, those guys were, were literally in a position where George Banks could have shot them at any time. Uh, when he holed up in the place where we eventually caught him, uh, if you recall, he had a mirror, a uh, full-length mirror at the top of the steps so that the police officers who thought they were looking at George were actually looking at his reflection. That's right. I forgot about that. He was well-prepared, too, because he had uh, quite an arsenal with him. He did. He had uh, enough ammunition that he, he could have held out for a, a significant period of time. The other thing I recall, too, is, quite frankly, the politician showing up. Um, I don't remember who was running for governor. It may have been Alan Ertl at the time. Uh, but I remember someone bringing him to the scene and finally having to tell a police officer, get them away from here. I mean, they just don't belong here. Uh, it was a crazy night. What was the final straw that got him to surrender and come out. I mean, you guys were talking to him for a long time, so, and it could have gone either way. It, it, it could have. Uh, there was always the claim he was talked out by his friend, uh, but I think, quite frankly, that, uh, that George Banks was in the long run a coward, uh, and I don't think he wanted to die. Uh, and he saw a way to come out without getting shot, and, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, just as I, I have always thought that the whole reason for what happened that evening and the next day was that George Banks was losing control of the women and losing their income. And that's what uh, set everything off. And Park Dietz, our psychiatrist, assured me that he thought it was the same thing. You know, uh, I never thought, quite frankly, that it was uh, racial tensions that caused George Banks to go over the deep end. Uh, this, woman, this man hated women. If you read his writings, uh, he degraded women, whether they were black or white. Uh, the... When he wrote a book that he, we found in his, uh, in his house, uh, you read the book, and he was talking about a racial war, but it was a racial war being fought by he and his sons. He never mentioned his daughters. Uh, the pictures that he had taken of the women that he had killed were horrendous. Uh, the guy just really hated women. Bob, when they, when they finally signed the death warrant and then it was determined that he was psychotic and couldn't even ask for mercy, what, what were your thoughts at that point after a gazillion appeals? Quite frankly, I, I thought that uh, I, was, I was not surprised. Uh, I, I've always felt that George Banks deserved to die. Uh, but I will tell you, I remember leaning over to Larry Klimo and Mike Bart uh, right after the death penalty uh, was announced by the jury and saying to them, you know, this is what we fought for for the last nine months, but there's really no joy in a death penalty verdict. And there wasn't. No, there wasn't. Uh, but, and, and when you say that, I remember that they polled the jury and 12 jurors 
144 times, 12 times 12, kept saying guilty, guilty, guilty. And they agreed the whole thing. And they were polled both at the regular phase and the death penalty phase. And it would just send, it was like being in the middle of a, of a movie. It was almost surreal when all of that, those verdicts rang out in that courtroom. You're absolutely right. The one that I can remember is right after we picked the jury, one young female juror came back to Judge Toole and said, I don't think I can serve because I don't think I can impose the death penalty. And Judge Toole, and I think correctly so, said, you have no choice. You answered the questions the right way. You've been sworn you will serve. And when she had to announce her verdict, automatically the two jurors on each side of her grabbed her hand and she gave her verdict with the tears flowing down her cheeks. Wow, wow. The other thing that's interesting is that this jury was so good that they were able to find that he should have died for 12 of the 13 deaths. Right. The 13th death they felt was out on in the schoolhouse lane and that he didn't have the time to form the specific intent to kill for the 13th person. That was Ray so they Hall, actually right? They imposed the death penalty of 12 times and a life sentence for the 13th. That's right. I forgot about that. There was that. And that just showed the, the, the precise way they went through their deliberations and decided each one of those murders separately. And they were able to separate it from everything else. Bob, what are you doing now? What, what, where, where are you? What are you doing? I'm in Hazleton. No. I'm uh, practicing uh, for basically uh, tort law, uh, personal injury law, but I'm also doing a lot of business law. And um, I have the delight of having my daughter, Casey, join me two and a half years ago. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I remember so Casey was just a little <laughs> old. Now you're making me feel older than I already do, Bob. Uh, yeah, and, and it's a delight practicing with your child. Uh, I had the uh, good fortune now of practicing both with my father and with my daughter, and not everybody can say that. Wow. Uh, so I'm enjoying life. Uh, uh, Sally and I uh, have uh, three grandchildren. We're traveling four and a half hours north to Pawtucket and four and a half hours west to uh, Beaver to see the grandchildren. But um, I'm still in the office at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning and, and working every day. That sounds familiar. But I got to tell you, out of all the years that I've done this, and I'm in my 42nd year of doing this, you were one of the best public officials I ever, ever worked with. Amen. Well, thank you both. Uh, it, I can remember when I first was sworn in. Uh, there were a group of you, Mark, uh, and uh, it included Kevin Jordan, I remember, and Dave DeCosmo, yep. who came in and said to me, we only want you to be fair with us. If we come to you with a question and you can't answer it at the time, but nobody else has it, when you can answer it, add, answer it to us. But if you have an announcement to make, share it with everybody at the same time. And that was the best advice I could have gotten. And, and it really made it easier, I think, for both me to do my job and you to do yours. And you stood by that at always. Absolutely. It was never a problem because we all understood that because you knew us all very well. And we would get tips on different things. And you could tell us what you could tell us only at the time you could divulge it. And we understood that. And we knew if we were the only one asking the question, you weren't going to make the announcement. You'd come to us first. And that you always were that way. I mean... I can, I've told Frank a number of stories where I had information, I checked it out with you, and you said, no, not yet, and I, I would wait until it was okay. And you'd say, all right, now it's time to release it, and right. you can go with it. Yep. 
Bob, it's been an honor to talk to you. Absolutely. Uh, it's been a real blessing. It, the biggest blessing is that you say you listen to us every That's once. right. <laughs> All right, listen, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, uh, we, I tried to get, actually tried to call in when uh, Bob Reynolds was on your show uh, several months ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I couldn't, uh, couldn't get through it. It must be terrible to be that popular, friend. <laughs> <laughs> we live with that every day yes. here, Bob. I mean, it is getting difficult, but what are you going to do? You have a good day, Bob. Thank you, and Thank God bless you. Thank you so much for Thank calling. Bye now. Bye-bye. How about that? I, I couldn't I, believe I'm it. I'm flabbergasted. I'm just... I, I couldn't believe it when you said he's on the line. I'm thinking, what? Yeah. Because Johnny yelled out to me when I finished the news. He said, you're not going to believe who called. Bob Gillespie's on the line. I said, you got to be kidding me. You know, I'm, I'm That's thinking... That's great. You, you, we remember a few months ago, we talked to Ernie Priate. Yep. And, and I mean, these are people that we worked with that we still know and still have respect for. Bob Gillespie, this is incredible. It just, he was just, he, he stood by that... That first meeting when he talked to all three of us yeah. and said, I'll, I'll honor that. And it was a two-way street. And I don't know if reporters had that kind of relationship with public officials anymore. It, there's a, like an ethics and a respect there. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.